Blog Talk Radio. I think I've had enough. I might get a little drunk. I say what's on my mind. I might do a little time. Cause all of my kindness is taken for Why down family 
in inboxes about stuff. So <clears throat> we're gonna oh. do it on the air so people can hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean obviously the the top one right now of course is, is the, the hoopla with what's going on in South Carolina and uh all of the stuff that's hitting on that edge and you know, all that other good stuff and whatnot. Um I think the most recent bit was Warner Brothers deciding that they no longer will license the uh the Confederate flag on top of the General Lee. Okay. I don't know how to feel about so, it. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna I'm put I put that little star on that so we hit that before you did this so we can Get your feel on that one because that's one of the ones that's kind of hot on a lot of our social media. So we want to want to tap into some of that. But I'm oh, gonna go ahead and get our author on so we can get started and he can get his time to shine, and then we'll get into that in the second part of the show. So, all right, don't leave us before you get to voice your opinion because I know people actually care I, what you think. Look. You know good and well I'm good for a sound bite or two, so it ain't no big deal. <laughs> All right. So I'm bringing on author Tori Irving. Are you with us, sir? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm here. All right. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good listening to you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, you know, we had to, had to catch each other's vibe before we get started. Oh no, I understand. All right, so you basically you get to have this thirty minutes to get into who author Corey Irving is, and you get to uh, kind of give us some information about your book, your process, that whole journey, anything you feel would maybe entice um, a reader who maybe hasn't gotten into your work yet, um, and also, you know, kind of share. The person, you know, some people probably know you from your Facebook. Mm-hmm. Are you any different than that? So you get to do that for thirty minutes. So let's kind of get started with, you know, your books. All right, sounds good. Uh, well, my latest book, uh, "The Designs of Their Hearts," um, I wrote that one uh, about two years ago, and uh, it was more of a, a, rom- a romantic book. My favorite movie was the. Uh, my favorite movie was the Notebook, so I always wanted to write a, you know, a book like that. I always wanted to write a book where you follow the journey from uh, kids until adulthood, and you go along and you you watch their trials and tribulations, and watch watch and see what they deal with as people, and watch them grow, and and then of course come out on you know the romantic side of at the end of it. Okay. That was always a, a goal of mine, and you know, it was, it was, it was my baby. Put it, put it that way. I wrote another one called, um, you know, Doctor T Chronicles, which is an erotic um, story. And those two are totally different because I'm, you know, I talk about sex openly all the time. I talk about romance, but that's why I say the designs of their hearts is my baby because I put a lot more work into it. It was a little more detailed, and you know, I had to add more to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So your so your um genres are romance and erotica. Yes, 
Yes, and I have, you know, I have also two poetry books, uh, Love Rescue 1 and Love Rescue 2, and those more, they have poetry in it, and I also have quotes about, you know, life and struggles and pain. and So it's not just, you know, romance and erotica that I dabble in. And, I, you know, I save the other stuff for, you know, my poetry books. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, so you're a poet, so that we have a resident poet as well. So Imaj's oh, yeah. <laughs> ears perk up. Imaj is our resident poet. And she'll be on a little bit later, so she might have some poetry um, moments to bind with you about. So you know, don't right. don't fret. <laughs> um, okay, so we got the three areas: you're a poet as well as um, writing those two genres. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about um, designs of the heart. Right. If someone is looking for something to read, what is it about that story that's going to keep them um, turning the pages? Uh, well, from you know, my goal is, and what I've been told is, you you never know what to expect. With it, of course, being a romantic novel most romantic novels you can kind of somewhat know where it's going and you know see how it's going to end and you know certain details you can kind of predict and my goal was to make this one a little different and kind of keep you on edge and keep you interested and you know you never know what's going to happen with this one you know it's of course they have their separate issues you know from the main characters Darren and Janiya but it's it's different journeys and different issues that they deal with and try to figure out what's going to happen. So that was, that was my goal going into it is how to not make this, you know, a, a predictable novel. And I mm-hmm. I believe I accomplished that. Okay. And you're supposed to say that because this is your work. You're supposed to be proud of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So, okay, what, what prompted you to move into erotica um, or to delve into erotica? So, because I know my personal journey, that's not where I started, but I've done it. So, what put you there? Yeah, I've done, uh, I've, you know, I stuck with poetry from, I think, age 15, and I'm uh, 32 now, and I think I started my first novel around 27, 26, 27. And okay. what started, what started uh, me getting into, you know, writing books was I, I wrote this poem, and it was called Dr. T, and it was about this guy. He was a doctor, and, you know, he worked on this lady who had issues and whatever, whatever. It was, of course, it was a sex poem, and I let one of my coworkers read it. And she said, yeah, you need to turn this, this dude into a, a character for a book. And I was like, I never wrote a book before. I don't even know where to start or nothing like that. And she was like, you know, just write the first sentence, make him your, you know, Dr. T and just go from there. And, you know, I, ever since that, that moment I wrote that first sentence, I've kind of been hooked on, you know, book writing more than poetry actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. And so tell but, us a little uh, bit about but, Dr. T. Is Dr. But, T where, is that your book of erotica as well? Yeah, that's the book of, uh, that's the erotica book. Okay. Tell us a little bit about Dr. T. Tell us a little bit about Dr. T. Dr. T is, he's a ladies' man. He's, he, by reading the book, he's, uh, he knows what women want without them telling him. 
what, what you know what they want or what they need. So he have a, a few clients that he deal with, and you know throughout the book it it becomes he's basically an alter ego. He was my when I wrote the poem, he was my alter ego, and you know I made him my alter ego in a book. So I just tapped into that, and you know, and it just kind of went on to his his own world. You know, he pleasured these women endlessly, and but he dealt with you know of course his original self, the struggles between what he wants and what he wants to give women, and it kind of caught up with them in the end. Mm, okay. Interesting. Very. And see, we have I we have a I don't want to call him a, a sex expert, but I'm just saying, uh, Shakira here is a little bit, you know, more um, knowledgeable in some things than I am. So, um, in his world, you probably run across some Dr. P. Shakira, right? Oh, more than a few. Mhm. You wouldn't <laughs> call yourself a doctor, T. I'm sure. <laughs> you, you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, and then let's go ahead and do that. Throw that plug in there. Um, where can people get your book? Uh, they can get it on Amazon and get it on Barnes and Noble. It's, it's on Kindle. It's on you know. It's on ebooks, but you know Amazon and Barnes and Noble is where they can get it from. Okay, okay. Uh, so talk about your journey a little bit in this writing. Um, are you self-published? Are you through a publishing company? I am self-published. You know, I decided to go that route after. You know, it's hard for me to to trust people, and I don't know too much about the game. And mm-hmm. I learned a little bit about self-publishing, so I decided to go that route. Once I know more about the game and educate myself, you know, I'll, you know, see what else is out there. But for right now and this point in my writing journey, I just figured uh, self-publishing was the best route to go. Okay. And so tell me a little bit about how that worked for you so far. uh, So far it actually worked out pretty good. I mean, uh it worked out pretty good. I'm, you know, still trying to learn a few things about self-publishing. But like I said, it's right now I, I like it because I'm in control of it as mm-hmm. far as trusting someone else to be in control of it. So that's the best piece of it for me. Of course. Definitely understand. Believe me, I understand. Um, <laughs> okay, so talk about a little, a little bit about um, – as an author, what is one of the things that you hope people take away from your writing or your um, personality, on, you know, as the author? What are some things that you hope are coming across to potential readers? Well, for uh, for the Dr. T book, is is weird because, you know, you try to promote it. But it's it's weird with that one, you know, it's funny weird, but it's it's weird because people that read that book, they associate you with the character. They associate Mm -hmm. me with Dr. T. So, you know, when I promote it at work or I, you know, have people that at work that read it, Tori, are you Dr. T? No, no, I'm not Dr. T. (laughs) I 
<laughs> to put that out there, I mean, Never I done was, that. <laughs> I was, was. <laughs> wait I mean, a minute, wait a minute. You don't count. You don't count, Shakir. I know I don't. I didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm his advertiser. Look, I've already said I'm his advertiser. We already know this. I think it's just a matter <laughs> of folks trying to take that shit to the next level. And right. they got to get left somewhere. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? I like how um, Tori's being over there all nice and saying, well, you know, sometimes. And he, but he really wants to say what you just said. They come at him wrong after they read the book. You know, that's what he wants to say. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, that's what I that's what I have to say. <laughs> you know, <I'm, laughs> we'll let you be politically not, correct, but yeah, yeah, I mean. I'm I'm married, of course, so I have to say that. Right. But and you want to I mean, tell I them, do. you know what? You don't know how to read a damn book and read the book, and it don't have to be me. Yeah. I know. That's yeah, what I mean, mean, I say the point. I mean, so folks, that's you, one you, thing you, that I want to take, want them to take is that you know I'm. Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, I mean, I was just you know trying to say that it's hard to it's hard for a reader to you know disassociate from what they read and especially when they know you and they see mm-hmm. you, they can look at you and, and, you know, and they can put a face to to your words. So, but that's one thing that I want them to take from it is, you know, it's a totally different guy. And mm-hmm. another thing that I want them to take from it is, you know, you just can't just sit down and just write a book and put it to words and put a, a book cover on it and let it go. Because, you know, one thing that I've noticed is people want your work, but they only want it for free. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you put, your, you put your time, you put your money, put your effort, you put a lot of stuff into putting this book together, and it seems like, you know, um, a lot of readers, they just don't understand that. And mm-hmm. so I want, you know, anyone that, you know, that that reads my book to understand that, I you know, I put a lot into it and, you know, I'm just not – writing a bunch of words together and, you know, putting it on a book cover and saying, here, buy my book. It takes a lot, you know, to go into that. And, right. you know, I, it's not it's not about the money. It's about the acknowledging my effort and my time and my my everything. So that's what I right. want someone to, you know, to take away from that reads my book that, you know, I really put a lot into it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I definitely understand that. And, and you know, it's um – it's a balance, you know. You have to find that balance between right. um, self-promoting, where you are going to do some things that it's not going to cost the reader anything. But you right. also have to have that balance where you you kind of have to um, get paid your worth. You know, at some point, someone has to be able to see the value in it and right. award the value to it. So there's definitely. Um, that's that double-edged story. You know, you have to figure out, you know, how much is too much to give, how much is too much to exactly. ask, you know. And then it's so funny when you feel like you have that balance, that's when you get that disgruntled person saying, well, you could have just gave me the book. Well, I got to pay you for it. Right. Well, I know it's any good. <laughs> well, you think how many times have someone bought something that turned out not to be so good? You know, right. you know, it's like, you rather complain about something that I can tell you is pretty quality stuff. I made this here. I can let you read a page too, but I'm not giving you the whole book. And versus, yeah. you know, blindly going and purchase something and just saying, you know what, well, I didn't like it that much. But you didn't ask for your money back either, you know. But, <laughs> right. 
and, and we could go on because I think we all experience that even with um, yeah. with um Amazon's little you know, policies of let people have the book, read it, and then turn it back in and say, I want my money. Oh, man. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> I know. How do you do that? <laughs> so. I'm sorry, I'm dancing. You, you touched a little raw dirt. I'm sorry. Let's refocus. Okay, so um, when you when you did write your uh, erotica, how did you make sure that? Okay, let me first establish your romance novel. Does it contain any erotica? Uh, zero uh, erotica. <laughs> okay. So and, how do yeah. you, because this is a question that, that, you know, sometimes I'm asked. How do you, in doing so, write your romance and not kind of blur the line with the, with the love scenes where it turns into erotic or has erotic moments? That comes from, uh, especially with me, because I don't do, I'm a, I don't, really like to say it, but I'm a freelance writer. I don't do outlines and and have post-its, everything, because that, that would bother me. I, you know, I free write whatever's in my mind, I write it. And mm-hmm. uh, I, that's something I had to learn while I was, you know, writing the romance book was to keep it romance. And it, you know, mm-hmm. some parts I was like, okay, Tori, that's a little bit too much. So I, you know, it rewrite, rewrites and that kind of thing that helped. So you know, writing it and then going back and saying, okay, well that's that's a little bit erotic. Go ahead and change that because you know there's different words you could play on words and make something from erotic to just strictly romance and vice versa. So it took mm-hmm. me it took me a while to just kind of get that down. But once I was in that romantic mode, you know, I stayed in that mode and it just you know carried throughout the book. Okay, yeah, and it does kind of where I was going with that, it's kind of a training, you know, getting yourself yeah. to realize, okay, um, let's go back and redo that thing. I did too much. All right, I yeah. didn't do enough for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's talk about these issues. Um, Shakira has these issues too sometimes. I just want to know, is it very much different being a male author than a female author when you're dealing with Fans who get into your uh, writing, you know, especially when you write erotica. I don't know. For women, mm-hmm. sometimes the romance is a draw for, for a woman reader. It's a draw because it's romantic and, and we like romance. But let's get into some of this discussion about how, as an author, who you're not looking for, you're not looking for anything outside of your marriage, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the, or do you have those issues? And I'm not talking about the people like you work with to see you, whatever. I'm talking about the fans that don't necessarily work with you, so they don't really know um, everything about you. Do they come at you cross place? How do you put them in a place? Or it hasn't happened yet? Or, you know, how does that uh, I'll have to refer to the guest first. I'll Look at him. Later. Look at him. <laughs> What I am, I'm deferring to the guests first. There's no point. I'll get to my answer in a minute. No, go, go ahead. I, I said you had this one. Uh-uh, mm. he's saving it. Uh-uh, I, I have to defer. You see, I already know what's coming. It's coming. Yep, it's coming. Uh, 
Well, for me, it's a little different because, you know, since I'm self-published, I do a lot of my promoting, you know, you know, on my own. So I feel majority of my work besides, you know, letting Amazon or whatever sell it, I sell majority of my work. So the people that I sell it to, I know them personally or I meet them and they come in contact with me. So it's a little, mm-hmm. it's a little different when you facing that person head on and they know they can, they can see you and they relate to you and, the, and, you know, the erotic person in the book, they automatically assume is you. So they come wow. at you a little different. And, you know, I have people on Facebook where they inbox me. And first it, it started off, especially with it being Dr. T, they start off with, well, I have relationship problems. And then it, it comes with, <laughs> yeah. then, then it comes to, I'm like, I tell my wife, baby, I already know what's coming. So, a couple of days go on, and then I'm like, okay, they finna hit me with it. So, dude, can you solve this problem, or is there a number I can call? I'm like, wait, wait, it's just that's just the character in the book. So, I mean, I already know it. I already know it's coming. You know, like I said on Facebook, on Instagram, or Twitter. You know, they hit me in the, the DM or instant message or whatever. I, it's like I know it's coming, so they automatically think. Especially not to brag, but when you're a, a attractive young man that they can associate a sex symbol with, and they can put a face to it, you know, mm-hmm. you can you almost have to expect it. Mhm. You've got a point. Okay. Okay. I mean, and and I I gay. Believe me, I I kind of kind of feel that. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, he, he's. I mean, it's pretty much. I mean, well, hell, it's all on. It's, it's definitely on my end. So you know how that goes. Um, I've had several. You already know. Um, between I've had them. I've had them from being in inboxes to being in. I mean, hell, my. You know, you know how my wife refers to them. The inbox holes. So. <laughs> Between between the inbox hoes and the 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 out, out the out and out stalkers, I mean, unfortunately, I have had a couple. Um, they haven't gotten extreme, you know, as far as that was, but they just got to a point where they hinged on my every word. And unfortunately, I won't even say unfortunately. It's just one of them things where they see me, they see how open I am, they see how I am with my wife. My voice doesn't necessarily help matters. And mm-hmm. you combine all those factors and the fact that I'm a natural flirt to begin with, and you have a recipe oh, yeah. for disaster. Because <laughs> yeah. yep. I know and, I've had inboxes about your damn voice. Mm-hmm. Hell, why are you inboxing me? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, they're inboxing you. I don't know whether or not they feel like they got, you know, they, they got to watch for the snipers on the roof. I don't know, but... I ain't never got them. So I'm good with it if they inboxing you because I guess, they, you know, they're more comfortable with you. Cool, I got no problem with that. I, you know what? But, I just have to make sure I say this. Ladies, I am not one of the women. I'm not. Let me let me make that known. Please don't <laughs> slash my title. Don't come looking for me. I'm not. I'm just saying, Okay, though. just had to say that. But, I had to clear yeah, my, I mean, my name. I mean, it's just one of them. It's just one of those things where you know you, as you said, you, you can be relatively attractive. You ain't necessarily got to be you know ugly down the block, but at the same time, when 
uh, women are visual in a different manner. They see words. They they attribute things to the visuals that you give them. And if you can provide mm. the type of visual that they can reson- that can resonate with them, they don't care what the package looks like at that point. All they care mm. about is you need to keep giving me more. Mm. Right. Mm. And okay. that's the way it works well, with a lot of know, women. I mean, I understand because from the female perspective, I get stuff in my inbox, and it's, you know, some of it is just utterly ridiculous. You know, I get stuff that's so, like, I don't know, okay, especially when I first did erotica writing, because that wasn't my genre in the beginning. I was romance, and that was it. Like I said, I was kind of approved, and that was it. And someone asked me to be part of a erotic um, anthology. And that was hard for me, like, to say the words of stuff. I was like, actually say it? You want me to actually say penis? <laughs> and they were like, no, we don't want you to say penis. <laughs> I was like, well, what do you want me to say? So it was hard. Took a moment. But I made my way through it. So, and some of the stuff that I wrote is just kind of suggestive, you know. And mm-hmm. the inbox stuff was ridiculous. You know, I was hoping that you guys would say that women had a lot more um Discretion when they inbox? Uh, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Not even nah. close. And what what yeah. what I've you know been told and what I've somewhat believe is that like um like you said is you don't even have to be all the way attract attractive you just have to be you know somewhat attractive they they relate with your words but from from what I've been told is is story there's not a lot of um, and I, I want to be safe with my words here. There's not a lot of straight black authors that talk about that kind of stuff openly that women can relate with and uh, and also imagine themselves or imagine that person, you know, being who they read about. You know, when they read mm-hmm. about oh, those words, is is with the uh, is with the homosexual writer. I mean. Uh, like I said, I want to be safe with my words, but but you know that I'm a black author and I write about sex and I talk about sex and I'm I'm heterosexual and and it just it enhances it from what I mm-hmm. believe and like I said, it it makes it more it resonates with them more. They can they can visualize more because they yeah. they know somewhat that I'm available to them without really being available to them to imagine. So it's a projection. It's their projection, and I get it. Like because you know I'm I'm friendly. Like I will talk to people. I will talk to people on my Facebook page. I used to entertain inboxes, and so I realized that the more you say, the worse it is. So I I think at first it was one of those things where people didn't know if I would even respond, and then when I would have a conversation, like for some, that just was more, that was too much. It actually worked against me because I, I wanted to create an image that I'm a human being, I'm a person, you know, approach, mm-hmm. approachable, I can converse with you, it's, it's all good. But that turned into like, for some, that was like almost being too much. It was like, okay, well, when you come into my town, can you stay with me? And it's like, <laughs> really? Like, 
all I said was thank you very much. You know, it was it was too much. So yeah. I just wondered, like, you know, was I doing something crazy, enticing people just by being friendly? But you guys experiencing the same thing. I don't know. I, I think sometimes people, depending on where they are in their life, it just no matter what you say, it's the wrong thing. Pretty much. Yeah, especially so. when you when they know you openly, you know, flirt, which. Shamor, you you seen my post. I you know I openly post erotic things. I openly post romantic things, and you know they they visualize that because they see me. Yeah. You know, almost daily or whatever. They see that I. I yeah, and they I, do I don't whatever. think you get the balance because I I see you also post your beautiful kids. I see you post pictures of your beautiful wife. I don't think they catch the balance when you're trying to say, yeah, I do that, but see, this is what I do for real, you know. Right. I, I think, you know, because I get that, you know, and that's how I try to balance, you know, some of the stuff I post, yeah, okay, I can ask the silliest, most suggestive things, but then, you know, I also have this whole political side that I, I, right. I kind of, you know, have this um, advocacy, you know, and I post that kind of stuff, too. I just like to people get the I want some to see the, the balance, you know. I do this one thing because it's entertainment, but there are some things that really matter to me. And picking up dudes off the Facebook—that's not important. <laughs> so okay, because okay, I, you know, and I think I think I needed that to kind of be said too for you guys, and especially for Tori, because. Shakir does, he gets to say his piece often. <laughs> so, but I, I wanted to give you the outlet too, um, just because I know um, for all of us who have these personas, sometimes, you know, you have to, the difference, you have to be able to tell people, yeah, but this is also right. something that, you know, you need to honor. You know, because how often do people inbox you and just want to, just thank you for taking care of your kids and being with your woman and taking care at home, you know, because those are the things that matter to me. That's why, you know, because congratulations I mean, it, on your it's, home it's life. Almost like, it's almost like, the, you know, they, they're blind to it. They they only see what they want to see that's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, only regarding your writing or what catches their eye. I mean, I can, I can right. sit there and post, like you said, pictures of my wife and pictures of the kids. But as soon as I put a picture of me working out or I put a picture of a modeling picture, and then that's when they start rolling in. So it's it almost like it, like what I said earlier, it's what catches their eye that can bring them back to your book. Now, I'm not if it brings them back to my book and back to my writing, I can't be all the way mad with it because it, it brings mm-hmm. them back to my work. But like right. you said, it's, right. still a, it's still a balance of it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I have another side, but... Really, you know, I want you to read my books and appreciate my work and, you know, understand that. But it, it's still a balance. Right. Okay. Well, I wanted to spend a little time there. So we are at the mark where we get into some conversation. So you really get to choose. You can hang out with us or you can tell us good night. But this next part of the show, we bring on our other two uh, family members, and we kind of have some discussion. So before before I have them come on, though, I would like for you to go ahead and, again, uh, tell everybody where they can find your work. All right. Well, you can find my books on Amazon. Uh, it's also on Kindle. I have four books on Kindle, The Design of Their Hearts, 
um, Dr. T's Chronicles, Love Rescue 1 and 2, they're all on uh, Kindle and Amazon, and also Barnes & Noble. So, and okay. it, it's crazy because I just had a, you know, a free promotion going on, and that just ended, like, yesterday, so... Oh man! Yeah, I wish readers could have took advantage of that, but I mean, it's it's still on there, and you can still go and get it. Okay, cool. So make sure you check out his work, not just his body, but his work. (laughs) Um, And then, (laughs) you know, again, you can definitely stay on, but we're going to get into some discussion now, kind of some current events. We're going to try this current events thing again because I know that the. South Carolina thing is is a big discussion, and I was arguing oh, with yeah. um, my other co-host. So I was arguing with him about something else. So I'm sure that's going to come up this evening too. But it's all kind of stuff that's in the news or on our social media news feeds, and so you're more than equipped to participate in our conversation um, because it's basically us all putting in our two cents. But if you, oh, yeah, I'll stay here. You you seen my post, so you know I love debates. So okay, <laughs> good. I know because you gotta be super. You gotta be super strong to hang out with us because some of us are quite quite ignorant. Okay, Ron and Imaj. Hello, Ron and Imaj. I don't hear either one. Okay, let's try this again, Blog Talk. Hello, Ron and Maj. Hey, how are you doing? Okay. 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 There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I had to mute my TV. I was watching um, TV. Sorry, I was watching uh-uh. TV. You will, not be, uh-uh. you will not be coming on here talking about you watching TV. <laughs> I was, no. Sorry, I had, I had to watch um, My Guilty Pleasure on Wednesday, which is, American Ninja Warrior, don't judge mm-hmm. me. Don't judge me. Mm-mm. I'm done. Okay. I'm, I'm done right now. I'm judging. Okay. I am. I'm, I thought she was watching the game. No, I don't watch the game. I don't watch that at all. No, I, don't. I like watching American Ninja Warrior. I be sitting in here like it's me. So don't judge me. <laughs> that, that, this is, like, I, this is my issue. This is my issue. Like, Imaj, you didn't, you hadn't pushed the button yet, so you weren't even like really being noticed. This other dude pushed the button, but he hasn't said hello, good morning, afternoon, good night, nothing. Haven't heard his voice yet. Beat him. It still ain't said nothing. Jeez, what did you do to him? Just forget it. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, I'm to him Ron is somewhere around. He may, he may or may not speak this evening. I don't know. Anyway, what's going on? How's everything? I can't explain it all, man. Everything is everything. That's what's up. That's what's up. And I want to say good evening to our guests. How you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? All is love. I, 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 I like to hear, you know. Intelligent heterosexual males get their point of view that is needed in this day and age. Hey, Maj. Yes, ma'am. Is that you echoing again? No. I got new. I got better headphones this time. No. 
Oh, that's so. that dude that wasn't even talking to nobody. Um, and he had a nerve to be echoing that stuff. Okay, let's just let's just keep going. Well, uh, what can we argue about? No, you can't hear. Was I in the middle of that argument? I'm not sure. That's what I was like, let me see if this... And I know he can hear everything that I say because I can hear it twice. You see why we have him on... Yeah, you see why we have him on the second half of the show. He couldn't possibly... Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so anyway, we were going to have um, get our word on this whole South Carolina Confederate flag thing. Uh, we're going to let Shakir go ahead and get that in his perspective or his thoughts because you know he's going to duck out on us sometime. So uh, I wanted to hear what he had to say because he said he was having some of this discussion on his social media stuff. So. What you got for us, Yeah, I've been, I mean, it's been back and forth, you know, with different perspectives. And, you know, I've got, I've got the, the you know, I've got my First Amendment folks want to lose their minds. And then, you know, the First Amendment folks from that, then the, you got the, then you got the Second Amendment folks that are like, okay, well, if we fuck the First Amendment, then they're going to come for us soon. So we might want to go ahead and kind of calm that stuff down, but it's, so, you know, as far as that is, with everything that I've seen and I really hadn't opined much because I've done, I've I've tried to do as much as I can when it comes to that, but the flag is a non-issue um, as, far as, as far as me personally. Um, the way I see it, it was always a misunderstood symbol uh, of, you know, and, and, and I'm a history boss, so, you know, whenever something like this comes up, everybody wants to say how, you know, whatever the true history of it is and all that other good stuff. The truth of the matter is the Confederacy was already a fractured bunch of folk anyway. If you look, if you actually look up Confederate flag, you'll actually see about four or five different renditions that were representative of four or five different regions in the southeast that made up the Confederacy to begin with. The battle flag that everybody loves to use as the one true flag, so to speak, was only used by Northern Virginia. Everybody else was like, no, that's not what we're going to do. And therein lies the whole four or five flags that represent one flag type of thing. When you look at the, 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 the history of it as far as the Confederacy is concerned, okay, fine, leave that in the past. It is what it is. It belongs in the museum. What it has been utilized as within the last 50 years is what we have issue with and all of the atrocities that were, that were committed under that flag and the white sheets and the burning crosses. That's what we have issue with. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why it needs to go because it, that, that history that you want to claim that was so, I won't say pure, but that you claim was devoid of any atrocity needs to go away. 
completely. Go go mm-hmm. rock it privately. I ain't got no problems with you doing it as far as that is. It, it ranks up there with the swastika. But my my confusion and my conflicted feelings all now come from Warner Brothers deciding that, okay, we're going to take the flag off for the general league. That's kind of striking at my childhood a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like, I don't know how to feel about it because I'm sitting here like, okay, as a child, you're not thinking in radical terms. You're just enjoying the show for what it was. And as you get older, you realize, oh, shit, they actually had that thing on top of the car. But you didn't mm-hmm. pay attention to all that because of what the because of what the, the characters in the in the show were doing, which was contrary to the flag on top of the freaking car to begin with. Mm-hmm. So all that is to say I'd rather focus as a as a as a collective, I'd rather focus more on trying to get the dumbass that created all of this drama to begin with taken care of and taken care of properly. That's what I would rather focus on when it comes to South Carolina. But you see what's going on now. Hmm. Interesting. Because, you know, because that kind of pushes a whole other set of questions for me. Um because I, I watch both of the arguments about why not to even who cares about the flag, and then um, because I know a lot of people think that even when you force someone to remove the flag or whatever, you're not forcing them once they remove that flag to change their minds or their hearts. I get that. Um, but then you have that other side, kind of. by making it appear to not be acceptable, you know. Because at what point, how do you force a person to change their mind and their heart? Can you force that on someone? No. I mean, we're at a point point right now in in our nation's history where we're having to, unfortunately, I won't even say unfortunately, we're having to rely upon the younger generation to kind of, hopefully get right what we fucked up. Mm-hmm. Because the previous generation, the generation before us, relied on us to try and help move forward. And due to other outside factors, we unfortunately could not have that happen. So now we're hoping that we have, we as a collective have at least tried to teach the kids that we've had to try and be better than what we were. Because it's, I mean, I look at I look at all the posts and because they actually have people who are very, um, what call themselves very conscious, and and you have them saying that they could care less what happens to the flag, and their focus is we need to fix these problems with people. But okay, where start? Tell me number one. What do we do first? You know. It's easy to say that that's what we need to do. It's really easy to say and sound very intelligent in saying, well, taking the flag down is not going to help anything. What we really need to do. Okay, it's easy to talk that, but where does that begin? What does that look like? 
because it looks like it looks like being able to sit down across the table from someone who you technically and fundamentally want to choke the shit out of <laughs> and have a dialogue. That's right, but who is that person? And who decides who that person is? It doesn't have to be a person. It doesn't have to be one person. I think that's the problem that we've had in the course of human history. We're always relying upon one person to be the sacrificial lamb and try to lead the way. Mm-hmm. If you, as a as a community, especially some of us that have, that have, that are in racially mixed communities, if you're able to try and just for all intents and purposes, just go back to a whole lot of golden rules, so to speak, being able to be closer to a neighbor, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at how strong a community can be, regardless of the racial makeup of that community, if people were more willing to step outside of their doors and say hi, neighbor. You know, I think. Um, you know, I think that's a a level or a layer, but there are so many fundamental. Um, layers of damage in our own personal community with each other, our self layers of, of self hate, um, just in our community is so hard when you say that because because here's what I ultimately see as a problem: I see various different types of African American people sitting down at these tables with these other races having conversations that are going to be so vastly different because. Some people are looking for one unified voice. Every black person is going to say this, or every white person is going to have this concern. And my personal experience as a black female is not the same as Imagine. So when I sit down and say, watch sit down and give my story, then it's going to be way different from Imagine's story, which will be both of our stories will be way different than Rachel's story, you know, it's her black woman experience. So, I'm just saying, you know, when you sit down at the table with these people uh, and you have these conversations and we're looking for everybody to fit into these nice boxes once we're done, then it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. If I, if I may, real briefly, because um, y'all don't went through sure. a nice little slew of things. Um, and, yes, I'm just going to start this off by saying we all know, except for our guests, you'll learn soon I'm a church. Okay. <laughs> But one, it ain't just a slag. The name of the that damn car is the general rule. He might not be listening. Right. No, I'm saying it ain't just the car. The name of it is the general rule. So that's two strikes. Third of all, I don't remember. I'm a 41 year old man, and I grew up on the Dukes of Hazard too. I don't remember one Negro on that show. So I don't oh, know no, how no much. I don't know how much they didn't epitomize racism because they never were never put in a position to not epitomize it. Um, next, as we move along, it was said that you can't make a person think or change their emotions or their thoughts. Well, one would say there wasn't one African who said, I want to come here and I want to like you, but we're here and we like them. So as a whole, 
our collective thought process was changed. And if you don't understand psychology, there's something that lets you know that you can't change the masses of thoughts. You can change your individual thoughts. When they beat you enough, you will say, my name is Kunta. Oh, it's not Kunta no more. It's Toby. You know what I'm saying? And if they yeah. put you in jail long enough, you will be like, you know what? All right, I did commit the crime. I'm not innocent. So you can change someone's thoughts and their emotions by changing the stimulus that you give them. And and as we move along real quick, I say to myself, um, when you talk about the, the swastika, the swastika is originally a comedic symbol, and it is symbolizing a cross in motion. That's why the, the, uh, the, the edges are bent. So when you take something that is originally sacred and you manipulate it to the point where it is the symbol of the Third Reich, then you are to blame, not the symbol. And because you don't know the history of that symbol, that's not a me problem. That's a you-get-your-fucking-knowledge-up problem. Absolutely. But when we look at it as a whole, I wholeheartedly agree that it's, oh, also, we don't have to talk to people. We can get up from that table and not talk to nobody. And then you don't play that game no more. See, what we're trying to do is we're trying to out-white people, white people. What we're trying to do is we're trying to out-devil the devil. What we're trying to do is we're trying to out-capitalize capitalism. You can't do that stuff. You got to play your game as opposed to getting on somebody else's game. These away games we playing ain't winning. We got to play a home game. But here you go, and here we are. You know what I'm saying? We 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 on another person's paradigm, and you can't win playing somebody else's game. It's foolish to try that. And, 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 and lastly, yes, we don't need one person. I don't see one Asian person that is the spokesperson for all Asians. I don't see one Italian person that's the spokesperson for all Italians. I don't see one nothing that's the... I don't see two or three nothings that is the spokesperson for all anything. But we got a spokesperson. Listen, if it's the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey, then I'm riding with you. But ain't none of these dudes made out that same cloth. That cloth been burnt. So, I mean... If we go have somebody with some kind of integrity, maybe somebody like an automatics could do it. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, I don't see too many individuals in this day and age that are willing to step up and be that person. So why should we put that in that responsibility on them? You see this fuckery that Al Sharpton is talking about now? Oh, he's killing me. He's killing me. That's another thing. I'm done. <laughs> You're done. For I'm now. done. Al Shostin, in his term, officially has me done. <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> Imaj, did you want to chime in on the whole? Because you have a different perspective, being where you are, having grown up, how you grew up. It's always been like that. I mean, we, that's how we recognize who believes in what. You know, um, I grew up in where my little town is. My little town is about 80% black, okay? 
stuck in between two predominantly white towns. So in order for you to get from one town to the next town, you had to come through my little black town. Um, you know, I even told you before, well, we dealt with the fact of the Ku Klux Klan wanted to meet at the elementary school when they had meetings. I mean, it was to the point of we were things that we had to go through. We were scared. We knew who mama and daddy taught them not to like us. You know, it is so to see it like it took this to happen for you all to care. I think some of the others, um, the other people that we like to call them, um, they're just trying to save face because the same person, you know, take it down, we don't, we feel like this is dividing us, said before, well, there's no need to take it down. So it's hard. And so now I, and it's like we definitely have someone who wants to be a leader and everybody is kind of following suit. But taking it away is not going to change the fact how these people feel inside of themselves. It's not going to change. It, it, it's not going to change that. It's so instilled so deep in some of them that that's all they know. And, I mean, it's even to the point of them saying, hey, if your tag has it on it, we're getting rid of your tag. You know, that's a, that's, we need our tags to drive our cars. And, you know, the state of Virginia is trying to get rid of it. The state of North Carolina is trying to get rid of it. But it should not have taken this incident if you all felt this way. Y'all didn't feel this way. Y'all didn't. Y'all know you didn't know where you did. But, you know. I, you know, I don't know. I have mixed emotions about some of it because, I, like I said, you hear people saying it doesn't change anything, you know, taking the flag down, the people are still who they are. But I think my issue with it being, for me, it's like it's government accepted or supported. And I have a problem with it being government supported. Just like I would have a problem with, we all know that pedophiles find each other. They're, they're, they find their own little ways to make communities so that they can figure out ways to entice little kids to their website, their uh, chat room. And I feel like it's a problem if a group of pedophiles have a symbol that they're allowed to put on their license plate or hang or outside their door. And I feel the same way about that. Do you really feel that even way? Though, well, even though, because detrimental things that are, are in, in done in hate, I do. Because and I, I wanted to say that, that the American flag has done exponentially worse. Say that again. One could say the American flag has done exponentially worse than the Confederate flag. Um, I mean, I mean, and I, I know where you're going with this. I know the angle you're going with this. 
because yes, we can historically go back to how all of this played we out. Go we can go today. Okay. Go ahead and make your point. No, I'm just saying we can go today. We can look at the, 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 the policies that we're going into Africa. We can look at the policies of how we're going into South America. We can look at the uh, when the, the Confederate flag wasn't even, a, had nothing to do with the Sandinistas in Nicaragua. The Confederate flag had nothing to do with, with, with you know what I'm saying, getting uh, uh, Lumumba killed. The Confederate flag had nothing to do with, with Noriega and Panama. But, 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 oh, it's okay for America to do all this, but the Confederates, oh, yeah, they're using us as a scapegoat. They said, oh, we go, you know what I'm saying, put that, that's like Bruce Jenner. Everybody was talking about him, right? And everybody was talking about him, and then all of a sudden this dude going to shoot somebody up, shoot people up. And he's talking about the nine people killed. Why not? I talk about the people who just got shot and got to have bullets in them for the rest of their life. You know what I mean? We, all, we minimize it to nine victims. It's much more than nine victims. It's nine casualties, but there's more victims. You know what I'm saying? We're not looking at the real issue. Well, I'm not saying that that's not an issue. I don't think it's fair for you to attribute the fact that I have an issue with the flag being flown to me not caring that there are victims and victims beyond that. I don't think that's fair for you to make that assumption. No, that's not what I'm saying. When I, when I brought the flag, I was saying the American flag as opposed to the Confederate flag. Like, the, uh, understand the Confederate flag is like a little cousin. Okay, I have a caller. I'm going to take a call. Oh, sure. Don't answer the question. Run from it. About damn time. You know, I've been listening to all y'all, and um, this has been happening a long time. This is just something new that popped up with this young man shooting, but this has been happening to us all through history in this country. And it's going to continue to happen if we as people, and I mean black people, we don't take a stand. And we're not going to take a stand separately. We've got to do it together. And I've only known one man in history who tried to do that. And that was Dr. King in our history, in my current history. I used to watch him on TV. My mother, my grandmother, my grandfather, they marched with him in Chicago. And what I don't get with all the killings that have been happening to our young brothers and sisters, why we as a people are not getting it together through our strong leaders. And I don't mean the white leaders. I mean the, the doctors and the lawyers and the you know, the ones that are making this, this this money. When are we as a people going to get our people together and stand up? Will it ever happen in my lifetime? Cause I don't stand, up, I would, stand up and do what, though? I don't see that happening. I mean, but stand up and do what? You don't think so? I just want to know. You say stand up. I want to stand up and do what? I mean, it's nothing. My opinion is nothing that you can do. We, I see people pose that you know, the marches and the, the looting and all this is not working. We need to take action and we need to do more. What what would that accomplish? That would just give, you know, white people and and police more reason to go out and kill our people and a more justifiable reason to kill our people. So. There's nothing that we can 
possibly do that would correct it. Sure, no, sir. So, what, so, so when people say go out and stand up, what, what, what are they saying stand up for? What are they saying stand up to do? Group economics. Like Shakir says, walk outside and say hello to somebody. I'm getting sick of saying good morning to black women and they looking at me like I want some pussy. I don't want to. I'm just trying to be honest. You know what I mean? <laughs> have some have some love between your brother and sister. You know what I mean? Have some have some respect. Spend your money in your neighborhood as opposed to going to Nike. That's something you and I and that's something you and I and a lot of other black people do. We, I mean, there, there, there are people that, that do that, that go out and say, you know, hey, neighbor, how you doing? Or keep the black money in the black community. But when I hear people say we need to go out and do more than just march and, and protest and forgive and we need to take action and do all this, I mean, when, when I see that, I see people talking about physical action. What, what would that prove? How would that help? How would that help? Okay, how that helps is this. So now, once we get together, Val just said, we're the doc, we're the lawyers, we're the rich people. We have fallen into a paradigm that thinks money equates to leadership. Okay? So off back right there, everybody's saying, well, why Jay-Z don't say something? Because he got a little bit of money. Why Oprah? Why we got to look towards those who have sold a piece of their soul, if not all of it, for money and, and currency. I, I, I In agree my with you. Opinion, yeah, I agree with you there. What you do is you say to these children who are lost, if you say to them, listen, little man, this is what it looks like to win. You see this town right here? This is all us. You see that store right there? Not only do he own it, but that paperwork says it goes to his children when he dies. He can't sell it to it. Asian dude. He can't sell it to a Spanish dude. Even though Asian and Spanish are really descendants of black. But that has nothing to do with nothing. My point and what I'm saying is, is that if we stick together, now these children who are fractured, they don't have they have a blueprint of how to stay together. They have no every time we get a blueprint of staying together, they shoot that thing. You see what I'm saying? Every time and, and, and so now to the point where people scared for bullets. I don't want to get a bullet now. You, know what I'm you got Andrew Young who was in the position to be the man. But when you standing next to a dude to get a bullet in his head, that pacifies you. So now we ain't got to worry about Andrew Young no more. You know what I'm saying? You never had to worry about Jesse. You see what I'm saying? So when you stand up and you do what you're supposed to do as a man and as a and also, why are we looking at men only to be our leaders? Women have been leading our households for all these years. Why are women can't lead the most? You know what I mean? I see more men selling souls than I see women selling their souls. So why we can't have why why is that not an option? Why are we not looking at some strong black women to be the Because we've fallen into that paradigm of self trusting. You know what I'm saying? When we switch so to your point, brother, and I'm not to mean to monopolize time, but to your point is what can we do? We can't do nothing in their rule book. We gotta throw their rule book back to them and play by our rule book. Brother, that's 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 my point. That's my that's exactly my point. I'm not when I say what can we do. That's that's sarcasm raining out. It's, okay. We can't. It, it, when I say you know people say what can we do, I say that in response to uh, you know the post that I see that 
we need to go out and we need to take action and physical action. We need to go at them and we need to do this or we need to do that. We need to raise up and we need to stand up and force physical action. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of blacks talking about going out and causing a lot of, excuse my language, but a lot of shit. And my my question is, what is that going to prove? How is that going to help the younger generation? If you go out and well, start shit with, with cops, all they gonna all that's gonna do is give them a justifiable reason to keep doing what they're doing. Right now, they killing innocent people. It's a it's a it's not justifiable. But if blacks keep talking about go out and do this and do this to this white man and do this to wh- that white man, that's a justifiable reason for that white man to go out and keep doing what they're doing. Mm. So when I see people constantly say we need to do this, we need to do that, brother, I agree with you. We need to fight fight them according to the rule book. I, that's what I agree with. Well, well, see, I'm not saying fight them according to the rule book. I'm saying throw the rule book away. And there is a blueprint for head busting, getting rid of white people. It's called Haiti. There is a blueprint for doing this. It's called the Mau Mau Revolution. You know what I'm saying? What's, the, what's the blueprint? blueprint? The blueprint is, you, you know what I'm saying, you get two songs of no two gear, and you chop their heads off. You get book Mondutti, and you throw them in the, you know what I'm saying, on the guillotine. And head busting can work. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 but also taking your ball and leaving can work. There's not one right answer. There are right answers. You know what I'm saying? But you just got to be dedicated to that answer. We flipping and flopping. We ain't doing, we doing a whole bunch of nothing. You see what I'm saying? So if you talk about causing a riot, if we all cause a riot, trust me, we go win. You know what I'm saying? If we well, that's, that's, that's where I disagree. Movie. We can cause, I mean, you as a black man, me as a black man, all the black people, we can go out and cause a riot, and how many people going to get killed? How many people going to get shot? How many people going to continue to get killed and continue to get shot off that one riot? That's what I'm right. saying. I'm, 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 I'm not just looking at the right now. I'm looking at the future, and if we can cause this one riot uh, towards, towards all these uh, towards all the hatred, I ain't gonna say white people. Towards all the hatred, what problems will that bring? That was gonna bring plenty more problems than just poo poo got shot. Poo poo got shot. You remember and he Cincinnati? You remember Cincinnati in the nineties, in the late nineties? Yeah. Cincinnati had a riot, yeah. and Cincinnati made a change. You know what I'm saying? You remember the sixties? You know why they started letting black people go to school for free? Because they was like, you know what? These Negroes is getting that tougher. You know what I'm saying? They tearing up things. They burning down things. We go put them in school. An educated person don't burn things. You see what I'm saying? So I hear what you're saying, but you're not looking at history, brother. I'm, bro, I'm looking at history. The history is showing whatever we're doing right now, all it's doing is continue to happen more and more and more and more frequently. So we can we can stand up or we can say we can go and do it and we can cause a riot. But it seems like the more riots we cause, the more it continues to happen. To my honest opinion, nothing's going to change. Until we understand that, nothing's going to change. All we continue to do is educate our own people. Do this in this situation to, to not cause such and such to happen. And that's not even guaranteed. I can I can teach my daughters, I can teach my son all day long. Hey, when the cop says freeze, you put your goddamn hands up. Don't do shit or whatever. They can do everything right. I can go out and teach my kids. I can go out and teach your kids. I can go out and teach whatever kids to do everything according well, I, I, to the book that the cops say. 
and there's still one word. There's still one word. So mm-hmm. to me right now, I, I I don't see anything changing. I see things continue to get worse no matter what we do. But when I continue, continue to see people talk about we need to go out and we need to, you know, tear shit up, we need to cause a riot, I, don't, I see that, you know, just getting worse for black people. That's just my opinion. That to me that gives that gives them a justifiable reason to do what they are already doing now. The only difference is it's justifiable. All right. So you you guys have two totally different perspectives. Um but let's look at and these are the different conversations that need to be had. Kind of where I was uh going earlier when I was saying um the conversations are gonna be so different because based on the experiences and the support, you know, how you justify, what you look at as your reason for feeling the way you feel. Um, you know, everybody's not having that same experience in in life, period. You know, even when we study and create our plans, we don't all study the same thing. So it's one and it's one of those things that has to happen. And that's what I say, even culturally we have to know what's moving forward. What do we consider moving forward when we say moving forward? Um, one of the things that I was talking about as well is when I see those, um, it's almost like um, absence, a sense of absence in in the, the language. It's like cliche um, because people say all the time, that's not working or I'm not trying to be, um, Martin Luther King, I'm trying to do it different. And, and then when when you're waiting for the big deliver, you know, deliver to, you know, what is it? What are you actually doing now? What's the next step? What is your plan or, or your course of action? Most people don't even have one. They haven't even thought one out. They haven't even uh, identified things that they feel may or may not work. They are just simply saying what, they need to be sitting down with someone else saying, okay, so what would that look like? What would that next step look like? Or what can I do to help the, our culture move that way? Um, you know, it's one thing to be able to stand on your soapbox on your Facebook and then you stand on the curb when everything else is happening for real in the neighborhood, and that's different. Um, where You know, the, the advocacy can't just be in how you want to be perceived. It has to be in what you actually are doing. Um, and I think if it's not harming, then it's helping. But who's to say, depending on what course of action we take, what is help? So, because even with the two of you having a conversation, at least you offered uh, some different perspectives that maybe each of you hadn't talked about or thought about before. And I, I know that tonight it's not going to be the night that we all come kumbaya and have, you know, the same exact thought and say that's what we're going to do when we get off this conversation. We're going to all go and move forward and do the same thing because that's not going to happen. But it was very interesting to listen to <laughs> because it kind of, I got to see some different things coming from both of you guys. So... Do y'all feel like y'all even 
chat it out, say out. Tell yeah, I, do. I mean, I, I respect, I respect, you know, his kid's point, and I understand. It's just, you know, I think I agree with him up until a certain point, just like I agree with, you know, Amaji up until a certain point, or Ron up until a certain point. And with the, um, I didn't get to speak on a Confederate flag, but I do feel like it's almost like the N word. Remember back in like um, what was that? 2007, Detroit tried. They put on a ceremony trying to bury the, the N word, and I think Imaji said it that it, it don't even matter. Whatever ceremony you put on, or whatever you take away the flag, you can't take away what's already in somebody's heart. They gonna feel what they feel. They gonna say what they say. So the Confederate flag, whether you take it away or not, it's already in that person's heart. They already feel that way, and it's nothing you can. It's nothing you can do to change it. I think. Um, Ron said that there's nothing you can do to change it. We came from Africa, but we we now like this person. I mean, I actually said the opposite we, of what you're saying. So you can't that? change it. A perfect example. I used to be a hardcore carnivore, brother. I'm telling you, when I seen a piece of meat, I used to kill it. You hmm. won't find a piece of meat in my mouth now. But from what you're saying, that you can't change what somebody loves. And I'm telling you, if you say you can, you're right. And if you say you can't, you're right. If we stop saying we can't do shit and start doing shit, we will see things change. You can change a person's heart and change a person's mind. We've all seen drug addicts get rehabilitated. Trust me, they love those drugs. We have all seen unfaithful men become faithful. Trust me, they love the pussy. What I'm saying is we're not looking at reality. We're looking at what we think reality is, in my humble opinion, because for everything you say can't be done, there are examples of that exact thing being done. I agree. But one thing you fail to realize or, or to say is that when that person, it, it's not because of, it's not because of what you, what somebody told you or it's not because of what somebody took away. It's because of what that person at that particular time he wanted to do for himself. And like you said, that, that could be possible. But when it comes to the Confederate flag and racism and, and stuff like that, it is strictly on that person. Taking away a flag is not gonna change the way that person feels inside. It's gonna to have to do it's gonna to have to deal with some soul searching and some praying or whatever. But taking away a flag is not gonna change the way a person feels. Change Where's taking away a flag or taking the, or, t- or talking about taking away the N word is not gonna change or stop that person from saying the N word. See, and that's why the jerk I am, that's why I say things like kids are baby goats. You see what I'm saying? Because if we're not careful with that word, then we'll misuse that word. And then if we're not careful with this word, we'll misuse those words. We need to use all words properly. So, yes, we shouldn't be calling our brothers niggas. But, yes, we shouldn't be calling our children kids. And we shouldn't be calling our ladies bitches. And, you know what I'm saying? All of those things matter. It is a process. You know what I mean? So, yes, you don't just start from that point. And it takes a time to get to Z. But unless you start with A, you will never get to Z. I guess what people have, they they are debating on. The big debate is what is A? That's the that's the big debate. What is A? What do we start at? People have a different, different opinion on what A is. That's a hell of a 
hell of a pound right, right there. That's a hell of a pound where you start. And you start to think closer. When you clean your house, you start to think closer to you. You pick that shit up on the floor. Did we lose one? I think they just stopped talking. No. Okay. Yeah, we need some estrogen now. We need some estrogen. We've been too much testosterone. It was, uh, it was so abrupt. <laughs> no, I, I think I think me I think me me and dude we we I think I you know I agree with them. It just we have a different opinion on where to start or what age. We understand. You know what? I think that's kind It always makes me question the word tolerance. Tolerance is one of the words that um, I've never quite liked. And people, it's, it's almost like people try to force the word tolerance on you like it's a beautiful thing. And I've never been able to embrace that. In in education, they want us to teach tolerance to the kids. And that has always been offensive to me. Because what that says to me is that you can hate anybody you want to hate, however you want to hate them. But as long as someone else is looking at you, don't act like you do it. I hate that term. Because it doesn't ever address what it is that makes the use of tolerance necessary. And I think that's where... We, that's the layer we need to pull back because a lot of pe- a lot of people say, you know, look at the kids. They they don't have that hate for other kids. They just kids, and I'm using that word because that's how it comes across to us. And that's what they say. Um, they don't see color. They don't. All those things are not yet projected onto them. But then, by the time they're about ten, they want us to be tolerant. And there's something wrong with that. There's something really wrong with that because you're telling me that they don't see any of that, but by the time they're 10, they already encompass and embody so much hate towards somebody else. I have to now teach them a coping mechanism that they use in public. That scares me because that says there's one more generation that is not necessarily accepting each other. So when you say where do we start with hate, it makes me it makes it seems so overwhelming because there's something that's done from birth to our children by the generation ahead of them that by ten years invested in their own lives they have embodied something that has never really affected them, you know, and that's crazy to me because they've never had to be forced to go to or bust into a school system that did not accept them or, you know, openly was segregated. And So how do they already harbor those feelings? Exactly. To the point where now I have to put a Band-Aid on them that they wear every time they're in public, but they can snatch off as soon as they walk out. 
So I, I, I mean, that's another conversation to have when you talk about what is hate, where does it start, what does it look like, where do you start patching it up? I mean, I mean, when, when we look at things, I'm big on things aren't A or B and things can be A or B. I was talking to this very religious lady the other day. She was like, oh, I hate. Hate is the worst thing in the world. I said, hold on, sister. She said, no. I said, do you hate Satan? She said, yeah. I said, well, you can't have it both ways. Sometimes hate is necessary. Hate is the right emotion, and sometimes. Sometimes love is the right emotion. And sometimes indifference is the right emotion. You know what I mean? We have to be savvy enough to use the right emotions and the right tactics at the right time. We always can't protest. You're right with that. That can't be your default or go-to move. It can't be praying after you get shot. That can't be the go-to move all the time. We got to do different things when it's applicable. And if we're not savvy enough to do that, then we go be like the Tasmanians. You ain't going to never see another one of us on this earth. One of the things that I feel like needs to be a, a movement uh, in fixing this is projecting our voices at the same, in, in such a way that intelligence the media that is so accessible and promoted. I think one of the things that we definitely need is a more mainstream media that is reflective of multiple points of views. And so that every time Al Sharpton shows up, he's not the spokesperson on every network for us. There you need to be more like the new system channel or the diet channel or something like that. Hey, now. Oh, that was me. Oh, oh my God. I thought we were going to have serious. I hate him. I hate him. See, you're right, Ron. Sometimes hate is the favorite word. That's the best thing to describe how you feel about someone. I hate you right now. I think honestly, uh, we to to do better and better. And my my opinion, uh, um, the first step a is to work on black people as as a people. It's a is to stop the hate between black people because if we have hate between each other, how can we go to another race and say you guys need to stop hating us? Mm-hmm. If we if we protesting and saying white people are doing this to black people or such and such is doing this to black people, but we're not doing the same protest when black on blacks do it, I mean, it's, it's almost like pointless. I mean, until okay. we able to, you know, accept each other and stop hating each other, how can we go and argue with somebody else about hating somebody Now, I hear you, and I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, but <laughs> are you? Are you? 
I hear people say that, and usually when I hear people say that, what they're talking about is, well, you got all them children in Chicago telling each other, how come nobody's protesting that? Is that the way you're coming from when you say that, Satan, no, brother? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to hear you, bro, but it's, it's an echo. Yeah, I know that's Wait a minute, that wasn't my phone. Wait a minute, you will not put that on me with your back in the phone this week going in and out. You will not do that. <laughs> That's what you won't do. Oh. As I said, this shit more fun she tried to blame it on people earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, all right. What were you saying, brother? But usually when people say what you just said, they say it from a standpoint of, well, look at all the children each other in Chicago. How come nobody's protesting that? Is that the angle you're coming from? No, I'm not just talking about specifically Chicago. I'm talking about just blacks on blacks, period. I mean, it goes as deep as light skin versus dark skin or this person versus that person. It's so much hate between blacks, period, whether it's in Chicago, whether it's light skin, dark skin, whether it's you know, in California, in Texas, in New York, no matter wherever you, wherever you do it, it, we need to start uniting as a, as a black people together and and chill out on all this hatred towards each other before we can go to the to the next man, to the white man, and say why is all this hatred towards us? They gonna look they gonna look at us and say why is all this hatred amongst you yourself? The answer to that is because it's been taught to us. And, and I agree. I, 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 I definitely agree. We can go back to the to the Willie Lynch. We can go back to the police. We can go back to slavery. We can go back to all of that and say, yeah, it was taught to us. But at some point, we know right from wrong. At yes, some sir. point, I can look at I can look at you and I can just shoot you. I know I know it's wrong. But at some point, we got to take responsibility and say, yeah, I know it was taught to us, but that don't make it right. That don't make it okay just because it was taught to us. We, you, well, we I'm smart to. enough to know. I'm smart enough to know that I'm, you know, you as my brother. I'm not supposed to hate you. We got to be beyond you. With, A lot of us. We need to meet police, man. They in their grave just laughing. <laughs> Look what we did. Look what we did. They still yes. don't get it. Look what we did. And, and, and that could be, see, I'm a, I'm a different kind of dude, and I love my people. You know what I'm saying? I put work in for my people. But everybody that's melanated ain't my people. I have to come to that realization. You know what I'm saying? And I think we that's about being savvy, you know. I've said before, Huey Newton was a light dude down for the cause. Clarence mm-hmm. Thomas is darker than everybody on this line. He's mm-hmm. not down for the cause. Hey, well, you know I agree saying? with you. I agree with you. So, so, so we got to realize that just because. How many of y'all did reports on him? Oh, sorry. You got jokes. <laughs> That's not funny. Hey, boy, it kind of was. It kind of was. It kind of was. It was, because y'all know y'all did. <laughs> I kind of get just, just a little bit. Y'all couldn't, y'all couldn't even wait. I found a black surgeon. I'm going to do this report. Mm-hmm. No. So silly. But if we keep going to, like I said, the default move, oh, he black, he a brother. Hold on. No, I'm saying because everybody who's black ain't black. And even black. Black is a political term. White is a political There was no such thing as a black person in 1400. No such thing as a white person in 1400. It didn't exist. You, you, you might have been from this country. 
You might have been from this clan. You might have been from this family. But you wasn't white and black. And then they existed. And we fall for the game. And that's how Willie Lynch could make what he said. All right, I'm really done this time. I'm really done now. No, you're not. You're just done for me. <laughs> you know, I, I I hear that. But you know what? It's so many forces. I guess if you sit back and look at it, you get overwhelmed. There's so many forces at work to dismantle a group of people. And when you start looking at how everything is infiltrating, the systematic racism is breaking us apart, the attack on the heterosexual male uh, with the tolerance of various um, it's just it's it's so many ways that the whole is being attacked. Um, that when we then implode as well, we attack each other, you know, it's like, okay, what's left, you know? Then you got an army of five, you know, trying to do what? Patch up everybody else? Take on the whole system? What are you doing? How are you doing it? So how do you build um, from within and... Do you set your sights on fixing one layer? Do you say we're doing it every layer that I run into? I'm fixing every single layer I see. It's just it's a, it's an overwhelming amount of work that is left for us to do with new things being thrown in. Because I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, um, you know. Uh, breaking down after meal is something that just started. We know it didn't just start, but finding ways to do it, new ways to keep up with the times, the things that are acceptable, and employing the politics on top of the per- personal preference and all these different avenues now, all engaged to do one with one mission in mind. It's overwhelming. I just um, posted a picture, and I said, this is what hate looks like. And somebody said, um, or deep anger. And I know we were just having a discussion about what anger looks like. Deep anger. Hmm. That's how somebody coined that. Deep anger. So well, I just wanted to share that with you because I know we were discussing what is, uh, what is hate. Sometimes I think it's the appropriate emotion. I mean, if anybody who ever lived in California, they don't want to borrow Yes? Do whatever it was you did a minute ago with your cans when you were talking into the cans, because we can hear you. First of all, as I said, it's you and your bootleg phone that got everybody in your phone. All right. Okay. I stated that before, and when I said it before, you did something, pushed the button, and we were good for 17 minutes. Whatever. That was you and them cans. I told you, quit calling us on them cans. <laughs> Whatever. But, like I was saying, 
sometimes they can, you have to burn something so you don't get a forest fire. So they burn the land and you charge some of the vegetation. So you purposely cause a fire so you don't get a big fire. Sometimes you have to do that. So that's, that's an angry action fire. So sometimes anger is the right emotion. We just got to be nuanced enough to know when to use it and when not to use it. So we're in recording time. So that means the show is kind of over, uh, Tori. We just kind of are, that means that when we play the archives, we'll still have this conversation, but people that are kind of listening, they kind of stopped listening a little while ago. So I'm going to say good night because I'm tired of talking to Ron. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Ron. Does she feel that way about you? I'm not going to take nothing personal. Okay. He's learned tolerance. What did you say about toilet paper? Oh, God. Oh, you're using the wrong can. you listening through the top can. You need to flip it. No, he's hungry again today, probably. Did you eat you see all of a sudden that echo is gone, right? You see the echo is gone, right? Because you pushed that damn button again. We know what you're doing. No, I tell you what it did. He flipped the cans around. That's okay. okay. I, I don't have a can. I have a wallet. Wallet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you notice every time he gets a chance, he mentions his wallet. I don't want no part. I don't want no part. He, I think he plays with it. His wallet. Oh, Jesus Christ. Only in the shower. Oh, you know what? You know what? It's just not the same. It's just not the same. I said myself up. <laughs> Did y'all know this? I posted um, to YouTube today. The last the half hour. Yeah. I went and I had it. It was an hour. Did y'all know it was an hour? It was supposed to be 30 minutes. Listen, I chuckled from a place that I hadn't chuckled from today. I did. I needed that in my life. That's all I needed. I had to not listen to it because it was very funny. Yeah, I, I was sitting here. I was like, oh. And, you know, the first part of the show was funny, too. Then, like, the first part of this show today, I just want to say it was pretty funny. I got a couple laughs and a chuckle to my um, <laughs> hashtag and my post. Wait, um, wait, wait one minute. I was listening to a different show where you called me a rapist. And I don't know if I appreciate that emoji. Such and such underneath your arm. You said, Ron, you're a racist. <laughs> no, I didn't. 
can listen to that show. I got to go back. Yes, I'll go do. back and listen. I'll go back and listen because I don't think I called you that. I think, I don't think I called you that. Not only did you well, call it, but you were sounding convincing when you said it. I'm like, what well, that? Am I a racist? <laughs> you are. I, I didn't say that. I don't recall. Armpit. You are armpit racist. That's what you are. Shamal, do you remember that? I remember the conversation about the armpit, I do. but I don't remember me saying that. Imagine, I, Imagine, I remember. <laughs> You know what? This is when the the whole put your um put physical into your situation and y'all don't know this, but I used to fight back in the day. So You You were fighting? Oh, I was just a fight bad, honey. I used to fight. Well, I, you know what? I think we should get in a little, in a little area, area and give you and Ron a little space. And we need to see who wins. We're going to need a lot of space because I get the furniture moving. I just think, I think Imaji needs to hold a sandwich out and, like, see if he can get it. <gasps> That's funny. So you know how many women have told me I could get it? Get it. My bad. My oh, throw up. Oh, that's so up. I think I want to throw up a little bit in my mouth. Oh. Mm. And, yeah, I used to. Yeah, I used to. And, and with that whole racism and everything, oh, yeah. Yeah. I was one, I'm the one who protected my friends. That's that's me. I was the thug love right there. Thug love. I was the I protected my friends. You weren't about to talk about my friends. You ain't about to do none of that. And so Miss more books. Is she trying to say that she the thug? Did you see who who was the driver in the driver's seat of that bus? Because I I only saw the back. I just want to know. She, she said she protected her friends. That sounds like a, a like an extortion racket. No, like well, y'all y'all have to realize. Did like you I see said, that? I'm, where I'm from. Where I'm from. I'm sorry, you didn't hear me. Imagine. I'm not gonna. I was asking. Did you that. see who was driving the bus? I was saw it Ron? Both buses. I, I saw it. She said both buses. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I saw both of us coming for me, and that's fine. But it was, okay, look, look. I'm gonna be look quiet. I'm gonna let you finish your story because I don't want to be considered a bus driver. Hmm. Uh, you are the number one bus driver on the show. Thank you. You make me feel the bus go no. round and round. Wow. Okay. The wheels of the bus go wild. Did she just call you Ralph Cramden? You see who's talking right now? You see who's talking right now? See? All I wanted to tell y'all about my little, I had to beat up this little girl because she called my friend an end lover. I had to beat her up. You ain't going to talk about my friend. I thought I did. You um, said the milk was chocolate, the cookies was butter crunch. Is that what you just said? Uh-uh. What? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. What? No, that's not what I said. No. But she called, she called one of my, um, I'm going to use, uh, friends. I'm going to use Ryan's questioning techniques here. <laughs> was your friend an end lover? Oh. Oh. Uh, 
that's like, but me and her were friends. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's my friend. We grew up together. That was my friend. And oh, okay. So you were not an who was like her. No, that was a yes. No. She was a I mean, yeah, but that you don't use that word. And you be like, I mean, you're in the sixth grade. What do you know about that? And okay, I remember that. Oh, I mean, I got in, I can tell you, but I got in fights with boys, girls. I was a fighter. Oh, that's a, you was a pre-teen hassler. Hmm. You know what? I got, I think the first fight I got in was like in the fourth grade. Oh, you've been doing this for years. <laughs> it was the first fight I ever got in. And I hit a girl with a book because she was talking to me and she was in my face and I hit her with a book. And it was like, you okay. Objects to be bitches. <laughs> well, I was little. Oh, what? Please, I was a little thing around. Baby, she shouldn't have gotten in my face. And then, you know, in the sixth grade, that's where I had the little brand in with the little um, as long as like say the European, the the, 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 the European um descendant um, <laughs> and so sound like Ron now. And then, and then later on that year, I got in a fight with a boy. Um, and that's how we know you can take on. You know, I jumped over about three feet. Well, I got to send it out the bus for that one. All right, first of all, one, ain't no woman can take Ron as many as a shot. And did you just say you had three of them? Because I don't know how to take them. Say what? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I jumped over three seats to get to him. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. so, and so, you know, and then I didn't get into another fight until I was my senior year in high school. Okay. Did you run a protection racket or something? I mean, I, what, what, what I, no. I'm stopping this. Because she's no. getting to some older ages, and some of these statutes of limitations no, may not be see, up. Wait, so wait a minute. I'm a so when I was in high I'm your school, friend. No, I love you, people. High this school is recorded. was determined as self-defense. No, that one was determined as self-defense because I did not throw the first punch. But so you threw the last one. I sure did. <laughs> so. Shit right there. And. Even if you talk to would you stop encouraging this behavior? No, like really, like the only punishment I really got was that I couldn't march that that Friday. That was the only punishment I got for that because I was self defense. She started with me, and the only reason why I really got in trouble is because of my choice words that I used that morning. That was the only reason I got in trouble. Okay, so yeah. You know, I, so I was, this is where I lose all control of the show. Um, yeah, we started off so good, didn't we? You know what? We need some comedy to mellow out all the seriousness. We have to have some nice comedy. So, oh, no, because I was, uh, was kind of like you, I was a fighter, too, back in my younger days. Oh, so you got a case of two homies. No, not 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 now. I was. Yeah, I mean, I was. Don't let the fire fool you. Back in my back in my Oak Cliff days, but I'm I'm urban now. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh lord. Oh lord. And I'm a country girl too. Yeah, I'm used to fighting boys and stuff. Please don't play with me. 
But, but yeah, she, I had you I made the B word. I did not that have early those things. And so many girls was actually trying to bully me because I was so, like, I was five foot one. I ain't no bigger than nothing, you know? And she walked up to my little locker and said, you B, you talk too much. And I was like, who the F you talking to, B? You know what I'm saying? You are something else. And, you know, I've always been mouthy. You know, I've always been the mouthy type. Like, you ain't going to talk to me like that. I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the only one in my family that was a little fighter. You know, my sister. Y'all know how she get down. And you have so, yes, such a voice. You would never suspect you to be a, a criminal mastermind. One would never suspect it. <laughs> what? I don't know criminal. I have no record. What are you talking about? You just said you was beating bitches ass. You said that you was a, a freedom fighter, that you was beating up the, the ones who talk about nigga lovers. You said you jumped over three people to get a dude. That means jumping over the boundaries. I, mean, I, I just need to go ahead and uh, break this whole memory lane trip up because it ain't going to never be what you say when Ron gets finished. Anyway, not never. Not never. I mean, he just exaggerated like <laughs> so far to left. Yeah, he's gonna I make run. you a wanted woman in eight counties when he's done. Please, no. <laughs> okay, so he's wanted all over this country by all kinds of men. What? You see how wow. he's doing this? You see? Mm-hmm. See how he's talking about this? Don't ask him. No. Especially, no, especially, especially the men in Atlanta. Especially the men in Atlanta over the phone. Mm-hmm. They, they want the phone. Oh, God. Here they go. Here they go. They stay, they they go. stay on it. But, yay. I, you know what? Okay, I just want to stop right here and ask. Did you see that bus? Because I saw the bus. I saw it. I want you to know I was nowhere near the gears and steering wheel. Wasn't near the pedal. I, I didn't have any driving. <laughs> okay, y'all, I mean, y'all stay coming for me, but that's fine. That's all right. Go miss me when I'm gone. Go miss he me when I'm gone. All, he take, he, you see that? He take all of the things you tell him in confidence, and he uses that against you. He's such, that's fine. He's such a man. That's He's a do. man. He's a man. He is do. systematic racism. He is. I'm not just a man. I'm a man. You I thought what? women did that. Take what you say and use it against you. Oh, no. Ron, well, that would then people. make Ron a woman. <laughs> right. I was about to say, did you just call me a bitch, homie? <laughs> you was Ron Nita. Ron Nita. Ron Nita. I mean, we was cool. I mean, we could disagree. I mean, we, we can't even call me a bitch, though. I mean, <laughs> that's what it sounded like you just called me. Fine. See, I, I, I wasn't even going that route because I was like, that's, that's such a man. That's such a man. That's not what men do. Sorry, don't sweat it. It is not the first time he's been bitched out before. I just asked him about the ride he got from Val. All right, so let me get this straight. So I do what women do, but you do what men do. Is that, is that what you just the second time you just said? No, oh, no. Did you see that bus come through that time? Did you see the bus? You always want to point out the bus to me. Did you see the bus come through? No, no, no. That was a tractor trailer. Oh. So did you? Bus, my. Bus. That's okay. 
I just hope you sleep on your stomach tonight. All right. Um, <gasps> at this time, we're going to go ahead whoa, and call it a night. We're going to call it a night. I think we're going to have to either go or get out after a while. I found that. I can't get back to you. I can't get back on the line. I found that. I found that. Well, her phone, her phone is like 800 years old. Listen, we were talking about freedom fighter. Now, Val is a freedom fighter. She's been fighting since the 1830s. Oh, God. I'm calling her back. I'm call her back. Okay. I'm going to say good night. Good night, everybody. It's time to say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you too, Miss More Books, and I appreciate you too, Amaya. <laughs>